Hi, welcome to the Double Jab Podcast, a new podcast home for left-wing news and news analysis and book reviews at all here in Portland. Um, I'm Miguel, but Brian, you want to introduce yourself first? Sure. Nice to meet everybody. My name is Brian Kim. I'm the founder of the People's Housing Project, uh, a left-wing, we're a group that builds tiny houses for homeless folks here in Portland. Um, I am a Maoist, a, an anti-imperialist, an anti-fascist, and I am really stoked to be here because Miguel and I have talked for a long time about how the left needs independent news, bringing people like the perspective, like something to break through the corporate media monopoly that currently fucking exists in Portland. Um, who the fuck are you? Well, I'm Miguel, and I'm actually wearing your People's Housing Project sweatshirt. Punch all the Nazis. Uh, but I'm Miguel. I am a independent journalist here in Portland. Um, I've been covering protest movements and the struggle for a new world since 2020. Just recently, I helped found a new media channel called Cascadia Current. Um, right? Yeah, I am an anarchist, and I am an anti-fascist, an anti-racist, an anti-imperialist, an anti-colonial... Etc. You know, there's a list, but um, basically, this is our new home for these type of discussions where we're going to talk about a lot. We're going to talk about Portland and break through that media monopoly. So, Ryan, why don't you go ahead and introduce our mission statement? Yeah, so the whole idea of this podcast, which you can find in the link tree below, is to, uh, one, to kind of like... The first goal, obviously, of any left-wing news is to expose the contradictions of capitalism, imperialism, and really to, like, highlight the enemies of the people and the systems that are in place preventing us from building the kind of world that we want. Um, nobody in Portland is stoked about the housing or addiction crisis, but we all know that, like, further criminalization and crackdown is not going to help improve the world. You know what I mean? So exposing the fucking people, Renee Gonzalez, who are at the heart of, including but not limited to, uh, Renee Gonzalez, Renee Gonzalez. <laughs> exposing those people uh, and those systems in their institutions is one of our goals, which I know Miguel has been doing a lot of through his journalism. Um, the second one is to uplift and highlight positive social justice efforts here in Portland, because like, there's a lot of us and there's a lot of y'all who are up to really good shit. And the problem is that not enough people know about it. We don't have enough unity between groups that's really promoting our ability to organize on a greater and greater level and take the good work that we're doing to greater heights. So part of what we're here to do is to highlight and uplift those efforts. Um, number three is to like promote discussion between different theoretical branches of the left and to like build a model of comradely disagreement on the assumption of best intentions. Because, like, as much as Twitter politics might make it fucking feel like anarchists and Marxists have don't have anything in common and we'd better be better off murdering each other before we try to handle the real problems of capital, like, we have a lot of very strong enemies that are oppressing all of us and... We think that there is a lot more, there is still a lot of productive engagement and good that the left can make by building bridges rather than like by burning them. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the last one is to educate listeners on revolutionary and theoretical history because there is a lot of shit that we've all been through. Um, 
And like, to me, this is like part of a very long intellectual project that the left's been working on since its inception, which is to really like encapsulate and build on the lessons of the class struggle. Because like through the housing stuff, through Palestine and journalism efforts and all of the things that like Miguel and I have done, like everything, all of the struggles we're in are old as fuck and ones that America has been dealing with and American activists have been dealing with for a long time. And like, for me, it's very, I'm really grateful and humbled and excited for this fucking opportunity to continue that like theoretical legacy. Why did you want to do a podcast, Miguel? Because <laughs> I want to hear myself talk with somebody else, you know? Uh, because of, you know, very, very similar goals, I think that we have a real opportunity to find bridges between um, different ideologies, different theories here in Portland, and to collectivize and, union and you know, um, collectivize our efforts against public enemy number one. <clears throat> Rene Gonzalez. <laughs> Not limited to Rene Gonzalez, but you know, we, we have all these issues that are intersectional and um, we have a real chance, you know, uh, to, to build off of these movements and to build off of our collective efforts to, you know, fight for liberation, I think. Collective liberation, that's the goal. So Yeah, dude. Well I don't want to think about how many fucking things like I've learned from you, you know what I mean? And just like Good in just the time that like in just from the journalism you've done from your book like in the times that i've known you it's like everybody who's doing positive work in these spaces like has shit to teach each other and yep. they have shit we can learn from there's them. a lot of learn from you as well you're yeah. specifically discussing marxism and maoism and violent uh, guerrilla warfare you know not that not that part not we're that saving part. that part for later don't yes. spoil no spoilers <laughs> for the end of the people's war <laughs> um but yeah, and like to that end, like we came up with some points of unity that like we share and that this podcast is hopefully going to embody over the course of its existence. Um, the first one is anti-capitalism, uh, the profit motive and the economic mode of production by which land and people are traded as commodities fundamentally destroys fucking both of them. Uh, Anti-colonialism, which is the idea that because capitalism is a world system, it divides nations into the imperial nations and to the colonized ones and we are firmly behind everybody using whatever means necessary to free themselves from colonial oppression so that they can deal with their problems in their own country without outside interference and to that end resistance is justified when people are occupied hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah um yeah uh, liberty and oppression struggles goes right along with that like because we just like we were talking about at the beginning, like every struggle is linked to another. Like patriarchy is used to reinforce capitalism and colonialism and then takes on a life of its own to the point that all of these oppression systems are interwoven and intersectional and there's not a way out of one of them without working to fundamentally dismantle all of them. Um, comradely disagreement and mutual understanding. Like, for a movement that believes so much in restorative justice and the fundamental dignity and beauty of every human being, we are sure willing to call each other shitbags and counter-revolutionaries and traitors and snitch-jack at each other all over Twitter. So, a divided left is really only to the advantage of the right wing, and we should be building as many functional points of unity as we can. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that that you would like to share. Uh, absolutely. I mean, the right wing doesn't have this level of um, complete discontent and uh, 
disarray, you know, especially over ideological points. There was a point, there was a joke made by a comedian the other day who was like, you know, right-wingers, it's very easy to join their party. You know, they'll be like, do you like Trump? Yeah. Do you, do you, do you hate the, the immigrants? Yeah. Well, do you hate the gays? Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, you'll learn, you know. Welcome to, <laughs> welcome to the team. So, um, yeah, you know, that we should un unite over our points of opposition to the extreme right wing. Right. Well, and there's, I also think there's, like, so many points of, like, positive building as well. Because, like, at the end of the revolution, the goal is to have a classless and stateless society. And I think remembering that, like, we share a fundamental value. The best Marxists and the best anarchists share the fundamental value of building an egalitarian society and one in which, like, we have really moved beyond these systems of oppression. And I think the more that we can, like, remind ourselves and each other and our teams of that, like, the better off we're going to be. You yeah, know? a thousand percent. Yeah, and then the last one is, like, grassroots fundraising. It's like, we really believe that media outlets are accountable to the fucking people who keep their content going. And that is why we're dedicated to doing grassroots fundraising, never taking money from, like, the government or big corporations so that we can remain accountable to, like, the working and the revolutionary stratas of, like, the progressive middle classes. Because, um, yeah, people are responsive to their fucking donors, which will also come into play when we talk about everyone's favorite candidate for mayor. <laughs> Enemy of the people, number one. Um, with that, welcome to Double Jab. My name is Miguel, allegedly. This is Brian. If you want to plug your socials, I will say... Um, you can find me on Instagram at allegedly Miguel, Cascadia Current as well. Um, at Cascadia Current, that's our new media outlet. Yeah, and uh, definitely follow us here on Double Jab. And if you want to catch up with the stuff I'm doing with our housing organization, it's at PHPPDX, like the People's Housing Project of Portland. It's on the shirt. It says it right there. On it the says sweatshirt. on the shirt. Yeah. All right. Hello. Cool. We'll be right back. Welcome, welcome to Double Jab. Cool. Welcome back to Double Jab, everybody. Um, we are moving on to today's local news segment, uh, talking about the shit going down here in Portland. Um, today, we're talking about the protest that was at City Council last week, which Miguel covered. Um, so yeah, dog, tell us all about it. How? What, what was it like? Where, uh, where was it? When was it? Who when was, was it? There? Who was all there? All these details. Um, I wrote an article about this, um, also released footage, you know. Which from the can, protests, which, which you, you can, can find, check out. you can find on Instagram, link in our bio. Uh, but basically, last Wednesday, um, members of and multiple business owners here in Portland called for an event at the uh, at the temporary headquarters for City Council. Um, now, mind you, City oh, Council—that's right, because they're not at the main City Hall right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, they're undergoing renovations, preparing for the huge charter change, which is like playing into all of this, but that the charter change um, that's going to create, you know, more city commissioners, more of like a more democratic, you know, yeah. ranked choice voting, that type of thing. So what we're seeing just on oh, a side that's right. note, and they're updating the whole building yep. to try to accommodate that. So what, so they're in a different building. Yeah. Right now what? they're meeting at the 1900 building over on the PSU campus. Um, it's a city building, but Connected to the PSU campus. Okay, so it's like a little office building. Yes. Oh, yeah. how interesting. So not so, at all designed to handle exactly. dissent or fascinating. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so that's where they're meeting for now. Um, and basically... It didn't, it didn't start with the meeting, right? Like the thing you went to started earlier than it that? It did. It did. Yeah. There was a sunrise ceremony, a native ceremony. Um, we had multiple 
speakers, you know, from the, like the Warm Springs tribe, for example, um, as well as somebody singing, you know, doing like a, a morning ritual to wake us up. Um, I was very tired because <laughs> it's that early in the morning, you know, I was getting my coffee. That's it. Well, cause it's a sunrise ceremony, right? And it was you got, you fucking, rain. Yeah. Y'all yeah. yeah, were there before fucking dawn. Yeah. yeah. And it was starting to just pour. So it's dedication, man. Yeah. I mean, dedication, dedication. I got to give credit to the comrades that, uh, did a mutual lead table, you know, provided coffee, provided food, hand warmers, zines, etc. Um, so we had this like morning ritual thing and then we moved into, the city council meeting. Um, now, the city council meeting was on the second floor. We all lined up outside the gate, um, kind of the entrance of uh, the security gate. And we waited for like 30 minutes. You know, it was weird because technically they were supposed to let us in, um, but they were saying the meeting was delayed. Also, the thing wasn't working. <laughs> anyway, we finally made it in. Um, and the city council meeting started um, probably around 9.45 a little bit delayed from the 9.30 start time. And what was the, like, what was the vibe like? Like, how many people from our team, like, the, the pro-Palestine team, were, like, in the crowd? Yeah, the, the Palestinian supporters far outnumbered anybody else who was there for regular yeah. city council. Um, in fact, while I was waiting in line, I had an old man, you know, speak to me, and he's like, what's up with all these people? And I was like, well, we're here to support Palestine. He was like, oh, good for you. He's like, oh, thank nice. you. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. surprising. He's like, See, like, 50, 60 people? Yeah, yeah, probably. Damn, that's yeah. dope. Um, uh, Wednesday morning, on Wednesday like 9 morning at nine a.m. Which, like, speaking of like the class structure of this city, like the fact that it's like, oh, anybody can show up, but it's only at nine thirty a.m. on, on a, a working day. day. On a, a work day, day means the vast majority of people and parents are not like working class people and parents are not able to fucking go, and they are all. One of the themes of capitalism is there are all of these ways that we're structurally equal, but functionally unequal because the only motherfuckers who get to show up are the people who are paid to be there or people who are taking time out of their day exactly anyway. yeah and in that in that vein there were only so it's very like, impressive we got that many. right yeah exactly for a, for a wednesday morning and in that vein you know there were only like two people that had signed up to testify who were like regular members of people off the streets um everybody else was there who was like members of peabot or members of you know the city things like that they were there for business but Anyway, the business owners were uh, slated to speak. Um, there were four business owners slated to speak, um, and this was uh, the owner of Koi & Co. Koi Co. Wow, Koi & Co., which is a floral shop, which she got like completely harassed by Michael Rappaport. Um, then there was Erica Montgomery, who uh, runs Erica Soul Food. Plug that. Go to Erica Soul Food over at the Workers Tab. Great spot. Um, and then. Uh, the the real the realm fillery r e a r e a l m fillery interesting business and then the fourth one was actually a, a local Palestinian activist um, Alexandria Salim now um, they were slated to speak and before they were slated to speak there was another woman named Robin now Robin sounded like um, she she zoomed into the meeting um, and was signed up to testify. And her testimony was about uh, Peabot, you know, and like how the city is planning to expand bike lanes in conjunction with Peabot. It was a very like nothing comment, to be honest with you. It's just it's typical city bullshit. Typical city bullshit. Just an old uh, lady being like, "Yeah, please do what I love you guys," you know. Um, and she tried to speak, could not get the mic working. 
what was interesting was how much time I, I just want to talk about like the city council's response because how much time they tried to like get her on and then finally they moved on very quickly to being like okay first to speak is Lindsay Coy please come up you know um and Lindsay spoke about uh you know the, the ties between Oregon and Israel uh we contribute third in the nation third amongst Jesus, every really? single state yep to yeah. exports to Israel which is shocking because we're actually 27th in population. Yeah, and like not, I, or maybe in the top 20 in GDP. Yeah, like, no, not even that. I was going to say, I doubt the top 10. Yeah, no, yeah. No. I mean, it's 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 shocking. So yeah. there's like a deep tie. Um, and what she talked about was how it is the, the fault of the Tech Association of Oregon. Um, this is something I'm going to be covering. I covered it in an article. I'm going to be covering it more in depth um, in a documentary style film for Cascadia Current. Um, but basically, the Tech Association of Oregon was founded, I forget when it was founded, but basically it advocates for further investments in the tech industry. They run a PAC. But the interesting thing is, the Oregon-Israel Business Alliance merged with the Tech Association of Oregon back in 2015. Yeah. Um, and this was, yeah, this was something that was uh, widely celebrated in Israel because they viewed it as like the chance for the Israeli tech sector and the Oregon tech sector to become deeply intertwined, which right. they have. And this is one of the things when we're talking about capitalism being a world system, like it's these links between the org. Cause I just looked, that's what I was looking up is Oregon's 26th by GDP. So we're not even okay. the fucking top half, nope. but we're the third exporter. You said third to Israel to Israel. Yep. So like it shows you how Oregon is disproportionately complicit in helping fund the genocide in Palestine mm -hmm. like and the the reason that this Oregon was the Oregon Tech Alliance the Tech Association of the Oregon. Tech Association of Oregon the reason these guys are important is because this is the institution that's pushing and creating both not just like these economic ties but the legislative ties between Oregon politicians American businesses and their ability to profit in Israel and again all profit in Israel at this point is helping fund genocide. That's what, like, the BDS movement, the boycott, divest, and sanction movement is about. Exactly. Yeah. And it, yep. And as a part of that, you know, that was what Lindsay's comment was mostly about. Um, and she talked about it, and she said, we're here to advance uh, human goals. Um, these human goals have been denied. Um, and she talked about how, like, we're going to talk about it more in depth in future podcast episodes and a uh, video that I want to do talking about the the polar vortex you know that that horrible storm that just happened a couple weeks ago and how multiple people died yeah. you know um, the failures of the shelter system all of these things exist because of the city's lack of investment in basic a basic social safety net um, which is partially because we're exporting Portland specifically is spending 10 million dollars on military expenditures to Israel just last year so yearly we're going over 10 million dollars in investments so anyway um <clears throat> what it was was that these business owners introduced a ceasefire resolution and that was what she was talking about she said if you want to contradict our claims sign this uh, ceasefire resolution um and basically as soon as she was done talking all that was said from mingus maps commissioner mingus maps was and he was a um, mayoral candidate. Dingus. Mayoral candidate as well, mind you. Dingus Maps. Dingus Maps, yeah, Mingus the Dingus. Uh, but Mingus, basically, uh, he was presiding, right? So he commented, he said, thank you for your comment. 
Next, we have Robin, and they finally got this Robin woman onto the... Yeah, the nice you know, sweet lady. To talk the nice about sweet people. lady that can finally fucking talk about her. Talk about Peabody get her shit working. <laughs> yeah, they finally got her, her microphone working, and all she yeah. did, yeah, it was like a very nothing statement, just being like, I appreciate you guys building bikes, or building bike lanes. Sometimes I ride my bike to work, and I talk with my friends, and they like to ride their bike to work, so this is great. And she's, I'm sure she's a sweet lady, but it fucking sure. goes, dude, it, show, it goes to fucking show who and how the city prioritizes things because the amount of time and effort they spend so some nice old lady can pat them on the back for shit they're already doing versus how quickly they try to usher through and the lack of attention and respect for people who are there to ask them to do something real for exactly. history. Like, and that's the thing is uh, as soon as she was, she was done with her remark, Mingus Maps went into like multiple sentences of being like, thank you so much for your comment. I will be willing to connect you directly with the director of PBOT, our Portland Bureau of Transportation. Honestly, these, these are such great comments. Thank you, thank you. And then they moved on and they're like, all right, next we have Erica Montgomery. Um, now Erica runs Erica's Soul Food. Great spot, you know, we're gonna plug that for sure. Uh, but she spoke from the perspective of being, you know, a black business owner here and a, and a woman here in Portland. Um, and she talked about, she used the words from Mayor Ted Wheeler. I don't know if you remember um, the big Proud Boy clash in August yes. of 2021. Who, who could forget? What, who what, could did forget? Our noble, what did our noble and heroic mayor say? Our noble and heroic mayor announced before this uh, whole rally was supposed to go down, the time where Tiny Tosa got sprayed down with paint. That was hilarious. Um, Rest in piss, Tiny. Actually, he's not dead, but he's in jail for a few like years. Any, any, anytime, anyway. anytime fascist gets what gets what coming, get what are coming to him, it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. It's funny. Right? It's funny. Yeah, 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 it's, funny. Right. It, it's funny. Yeah. Um, but to that vein, um, right before this event was supposed to happen, Mayor Ted Wheeler spoke out and said that there would not be police presence in like in, in, at all yeah. for for the presence of like extreme right wing militias coming to town, as well as the amount of anti-fascists that were ready to take to the streets to counter these mobs, you know, these fascist mobs. Um, he said there would be no police interaction, but what he specifically said was anytime you have people come here and they, um, they spread their vitriol, they spread their hate, it makes me uncomfortable. You know, he's like, they're bringing their yeah. white supremacist views. I feel uncomfortable. Nobody should feel unsafe in this city. Um, and she called that out because she's like, well... The blatant hypocrisy. The blatant hypocrisy and the fact that Erica Montgomery has been dealing with, like, real harassment for her pro-Palestinian stance. Um, like, like, stalking outside of her shop. Um, this is something I reported on in a previous article. Um, and especially it was after she decided to comment and call out Michael Rappaport for coming to town. Which just goes to show you, this is a whole side note, but it just goes to show you who supports Michael Rappaport. Right. It's not just like people that are like, oh, I'm, a, I'm Jewish, you know. He tries to use that. Well, he's a Zionist, you know, and these Zionists are violent extremists. Yeah, 100%. Um, so in that sense, anyway, Erica, getting, Erica getting spoke. more violent and getting more extreme yes. as the contradictions heightened. Yes. Yeah. And so Erica er was speaking. Yeah, Erica was speaking, and she she did the same thing. You know, called them to pass the ceasefire resolution, called out the absolute failures of the city um, in infrastructure, and you know how everything collapsed um, in this polar vortex. You know, leaving multiple people to die, and the closing of the warming shelters, for example, on the day that like the blanket of ice set in. Yeah, uh, it was horrific. It was horrific. So um, she spoke. She was followed by. Mingus Maps, once again, being like, thank you for your comment. Next, <laughs> yep. Next, we have, and he introduced the speaker from Real Fillery. She also spoke from a place of, um, 
what I liked about her statement was towards the end, she, she called out, she said, um, Israel's clearly not trying to save the hostages, you know? Like, they do not give a shit about the hostages. They're, right. they're bombing the shit out of where those hostages would be. Like, That's why? Right. Yeah, it's very clear they're just here to steal Palestinian land and to force them out of Gaza. So, um, in that sense, you know, she spoke, called on them to pass a ceasefire resolution as well. Same thing, Mingus Mass being like, thank you, next. Um, and then we had Alexandria Salim speak, and her testimony was extremely powerful because she is Palestinian. Um, she was born in diaspora, you know. Uh, her family was forced out of their villages in 1948, you know, the, the whole Nakba. So um, specifically, she spoke from, you know, being like, I raised my kids in this city, and your absolute la silence is, is, is horrible. Um, especially because she has lost 19 family members in, in, yeah. in the onslaught, you know, yeah, like it's horrific. 100 and what, 12 days? Yep. Yeah, 112 days. Um, wow. Yeah, it's, it just puts things in perspective. That it, She spoke about it and she said there are multiple Palestinian people here in Portland that have lost whole family members. Yeah. And your silence is complicity. Um, yeah. So she called on them too to, to sign the ceasefire resolution. And what should be noted is that this was introduced in council, and um, Lindsay Coy also commented, you know, the first speaker, she commented that she had printed out the ceasefire resolution in case you guys lost it in her email. Uh, because, of course, they, the, the, yeah, they don't, of course they don't have it. They don't want to acknowledge yeah, it. No, they don't want to acknowledge it. So um, she was met with a thank you. Next, friends, we have something else on the schedule today. That's how Mingus Map started to just move into something else. He's like, we have... Very important thing coming from Peabot. Let's go ahead and give them a listen. Uh, we're going to have the... And they basically started to go through um, proceedings. Yeah. At that point, I spoke up. I, I was just shocked at the, the sheer silence, you know, mm -hmm. of what was going on. And I spoke up and I was like, come on, man. You're not going to acknowledge it? Like, are you just going to yeah. move past this? I was, yeah, like, not going to say gonna, anything. Yep, yeah. not going to say anything, not going to acknowledge it at all. Um, I had Mingus Maps look at me like straight in the eyes with like a a glare you yeah. know and then he went back to like trying to trying to speak and what got me was um it's like look if you've done your job right in portland you've gotten that look from ted or mingus yeah yeah right yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good thing uh but mingus you know looking at me and then i kept you know just being like come on man come on acknowledge it and he kept trying to move forward and what he said that started just just was the moment that the crowd got completely pissed off was when he said friends so I know we've all dealt with a truly horrendous weeks. We, you know, we've lost all our power. We, we, all our pipes burst, you know, the, the ice, <laughs> everything flooding over. And at that point, somebody spoke up and was like, how about Palestine? You know, I spoke up. I was like, how about we're sending $10 million to yeah. Israel? Um, all these things, right. right? Right. And for Mingus to bring up the ice storms and like how hard it's been for him as a homeowner. Yeah. When there's fucking houseless people like out there dying on dying. the streets yeah. because him and fucking Renee won't give them tents and sleeping bags. Like, it is, it is, it is, if you work with the houseless community, it's fucking offensive, dude. It's deeply offensive. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just yeah. audacious. Like, the yeah. sheer audacity for him to try to talk about this. And part yeah. of it, too, is like, sure, he only focused on the perspective of the homeowners, but also those failures were the direct result of the lack of investment in yep. our infrastructure. 
So yeah, we had 119,000 people lose power yeah. in the greater Portland area. Jesus Christ, I had no idea it, that it, over the, Yeah, it yeah, was that bad crazy. over the week. Like, whole communities. Because ours, ours went out for a little bit, but not, not yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, yeah 119,000 customers um, affected. And of course, that's only talking about the homeowner's perspective when homeless people are, or unhoused people are dying. Yeah. Um, but regardless, this, this is all just direct, like even that is a result of us not investing in the infrastructure. Anyway, for him to start bringing that up, that ignited the crowd. And people just started to scream, ceasefire now. There's blood on your hands, things like that. Um, at that point, all of the city commissioners proceeded to stand up. And flee. And start just, just getting out the door, you flee. know, as fast as they could. The lizards wriggling away. Yeah, I had, um, it's funny, just a side note, I had a dude try to talk to me, right? And he was like, well, guys, this isn't helping. He's like, I agree with you. And I was like, it's a nice suit. It was just nice to him, you know. I was yeah. like, that's a nice suit, dude. He's like, yeah, thanks. Uh, also, this isn't helping, you know. And I was like, well, neither is speaking. Because those business women just spoke. Yeah. And they're, they're, these owners spoke, and they're not no one's being acknowledged. Yeah. yeah. So well, like, what are you talking about? And it turns out his name is Shaw Smith. And Shaw, if you're watching, fuck you. Because uh, <laughs> he turned out, it turns out that he is a Rene Gonzalez's campaign manager. Oh, are you serious? Yep, for his mayoral election. This and is, this isn't helping. You yeah. know what's not helping? Putting fucking Renee up for city council. Hey, Renee. Renee also, also, here's a side note. That guy you hired used to work for Mitt Romney's election campaign. So he's a Republican. So you're a Republican. Whatever you try to claim on your social media, on your on your his website, he claims he's he? a lifelong Democrat. Are you serious? He does. Yeah, he does. He's a re- You're a Republican, dude. Wait, like, that's all it is. Wait, okay, see, this is how little research I've done, because I thought that, like, because, like, they run, they have to run, like, as nonpartisan, right? Like, their party preference isn't on their thing. From and, what I saw, you know, Yeah, and so it's crazy, it, but it's, like, but that's what I mean, is, like, it's crazy to me that he claims to be a Democrat when you look at his policies, when you look at his choices, it's when the you same look at his manner of conduct. It's like, because in Portland, Oregon, running as a Republican is political suicide. Yeah. Instead, everybody everybody's a Democrat, you know, but they have extreme right-wing policies that are intended to kill the unhoused. Um, but anyway, so they started they start fleeing out. Um, I got to flip off Mingus Maps and tell him to eat a dick. That was nice. Um, like, looked him right in the eyes. He did not like that. Shocker. Uh, <laughs> shocker but they all you know fled to their side room and at that point we started you know people were chanting cease fire now cease fire now and then in the hallway we heard outside of the gate a mob of people screaming the same thing yeah so it was very inspiring because we shuffle out and the entire gated the entire like upper floor before the gate was just a bunch of palestinian supporters chanting cease fire now so I go out there, I join them, and then I look down, and on the first floor, the lobby, there are scores of other Palestinian supporters. So it's probably around like a hundred people throughout the building chanting, "Cease fire now! Cease fire now! Cease fire now! Cease fire now! Cease fire now!" Yeah. So that was that was the city council action. Disrupted the entire proceedings. Um, an hour and a half later, they returned to city council business. Um, but it was all it was all on Zoom, so they, they switched <laughs> they switched to Zoom because they want to deal with yeah. you know, people in the background. You drove them into hiding. Yeah, and you know, in that sense, so this is what we're going to talk about next. Rene Gonzalez, <laughs> Rene Gonzalez's response. Um, I just before we go into that, what I want to say is that during the time 
that the people were outside of his office or outside of the chambers chanting ceasefire now, he recorded a video of himself looking over. He, the video was of um, all these stamps for, like, approval for permits, you know. And he said, since, you know, while these protesters are disrupting council, I feel like approving some permits. You know, just a very, like, mean girl, vindictive little little post yeah. on his Instagram that's because he's a child. He's a child. He's literally, like, that's the most childish thing I've ever seen from a sitting council member. Yeah. To, to just be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel like approving some permits. And guess what, Renee? You know, th- did you know? Did you know that the Willamette Week has been reporting that there were over 600 trees that fell during this big storm? And guess what? Multiple of them, the families had uh, applied for permits to yeah, be able to chop Jesus down those Christ. trees. And you didn't let them. You yeah. actually did not approve the permits because you don't do your job. So Yeah. Well he'll do his he'll do his job just as long as like just as long as he can only do it to make a point at Palestinian activists. Exactly. He'll do his job instead yeah. of the only thing he'd rather do less than help Palestine is his job. Yes, his job. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, it's it's hard to be running for mayor yeah. when you hate the city. So how do you feel like the action like went? You know what I mean? As like a participant and an activist, because like it seems like it was successful in shutting down. Like, how do you how do you feel like it's how do you feel like it went? I feel like it went well. You know, um, I I did have one critique, which was that everybody fled the building pretty quickly after this whole thing happened because there were you know rumors amongst the crowd that there was like a kettle being set up. Um, the security guards weren't really doing anything. In fact, they looked like they were entertained. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, you know, a lot of these people, it's like their, their, their job, and they just, like, stand there, and they're like, I don't really care, you know? Um, so I'd say, like, it would have been more impactful to wait for a police presence. To try to force people out. To try to force people out, you know? Right. Um, shut down the building. But either way, I mean, it's not really a big critique, because yeah. it was a phenomenal action. And I guess what I, my, my one thing is, like, we should have been doing this from the start, you know? And let's keep doing this every week. The council tries to meet and ignore the Palestinian genocide. Yeah. Like that, this should be just the normal action, right? Because it's like part of the part of it is not just like part of it's like the material impact on the city because costing them time and money incentivizes them to try to like meet the demands and also like there is a certain I think there's like a certain moral component to it as well, which is just like when children are being massacred by the tens of thousands, like why do you get to like what right do you have to sit here in this comfy room and talk about fucking bike lanes? Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Exactly. Exactly that. So yeah. it's it's a real action. It has a real impact. And I really hope to see more of this coming forward. Do more shit like it. Disrupt. Yep. Disrupt until... Shut, if we don't get it, shut it down. If we don't get it, shut it down. Cool. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for watching Double Jab. Uh, We're moving into our final segment of our first episode, which is to talk about everybody's fucking favorite candidate for mayor, Renee Gonzalez. Renee Gonzalez. Renee Gonzalez. So, where do we want to start with fucking Mr. Gonzalez, Councilmember Gonzalez? Councilmember, <laughs> yes, yeah. City Councilor. Let's talk about... Commissioner, actually. Commissioner. Commissioner Renee Gonzalez. Could... Let's talk about his response to the... The, the protests, you know. I talked about how he released that little Mean Girl video, but what got me was the next day on X, formerly known as Twitter, and it should still be known as Twitter, on X, Rene Gonzalez released a statement claiming that anti-Semitism is being normalized here in Portland. He said that um, 
these things are being repeated by 20-something-year-olds to try to, like, infantilize us, you know? Mm. Um, and the thing is, Renee, no, it's not. It's not anti-Semitism, because guess what? Palestinians are Semitic, dumbass. Uh, there's that. Also, there are millions of American Jews that don't support the current state of Israel right. and the current policies. So, like, you're you're not Jewish. You don't get to use that at all. Well, it's part of, uh, and it's like I think it's really key to put it in context because it's part of the weaponization discourse that defenders of Israel are using. Exactly, where they are attempting to equate all critiques of Israel and Zionism with anti-Semitism. Yes. And we should be really clear that, like, there are definitely people who are opposed to Israel because it is a Jewish state, because yeah. they hate Jewish people. And we are the, opposed to those people, to be and clear. And we are opposed yeah. to those people. We are like, anti-anti-Semitism. And the vast majority of... The, the point is, like, the vast majority of protesters against, for Palestine are protesting Israel's treatment of the people of Gaza. They are protesting the imperial project that Israel is a part of, and they're opposing Zionism as a movement, not Jewishness as an identity of a people group. And that is why, and it is especially offensive because there are so many Jewish people, like including my housemate, who are like part of the like Palestine liberation thing, who, like that's the whole point of the not in our name thing, is it's <laughs> like, stop pretending that every Jewish person stands for the atrocities that Israel's fucking committing in Palestine. Because yep. most of them and don't. Apartheid. Like, in apartheid. Because it's like, so many people know that, like, I read this tweet that was like, for when Jewish people said never again after the Holocaust, it's clear that for half of Jewish people, it meant never again for anyone. And half of, for half of Jewish people, it meant never again for, for, Jew, for, for the us. Jews. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, you're seeing that divide in the discourse around Israel and Palestine now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, I thought that was a really fucking apt analysis. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, so for Renee to be like weaponizing or in, contributing to that weaponization just kind of shows you what side he's on in the liberation struggle mm -hmm. that he's willing to erase all of these jewish people and every jew who's against israel by being like this is anti-semitic yep and that's the thing is he also then went on to say something along the lines of i was walking through pioneer courthouse square and i ran into this unhoused man who clearly looked like he was in a trance and he was screaming things about the jews now unrelated I don't know, but it brings up a good question. Hey, Renee, nobody in this in this city believes that you would ever walk through Pioneer no, Courthouse Jesus Square. Christ, right? No. <laughs> you, like, you get in your car right, and you go to right, your right, home yeah, You in meant the West when you Hills. were being driven in your private car, you heard a gentleman on the sidewalk <laughs> while you were waiting at a red light. Like, tell the truth, Renee. Tell the truth, Renee, number one. <laughs> number two, uh, yeah, it's just, it's such a misnomer. And the thing is, it was funny because I was looking at the Twitter and there were multiple people that were commenting, being um, being like, well, so why is it then that you accept the support of the Proud Boys? You know, like when Quincy Franklin, for example, the black conservative preacher who was a fascist and, and deeply anti-Semitic, when he spoke out, he was like, I deeply support Rene Gonzalez. When they rallied for you, you didn't condemn them. Um, and think about, um, there was Brandon Farley. Brandon Farley is a local right-wing journalist who's just a live streamer who live streams on house people and tries to make profit off of that. Yep. Guess what? Brandon Farley commented on that and said, you have my vote for mayor now. 
and Brandon Farley, we all have that video of, or that photo of you with uh, Michael Vinny Cruz, I believe, um, where you're wearing a swastika armband. And there's there's a big Nazi flag in the background. Like, we all have that photo. So we see you, dude. Shut up, okay? And Rene Gonzalez, you should probably condemn the support of people like that. Yeah, you, know? you, like, can tell, you can tell a lot about a politician by who chooses to support them. Like, there's that old joke on the internet that's like, the Republican Party, not racist, but number one with racists. You know what I mean? And it's <laughs> there like, you go. Yeah. And it's like Rene Gonzalez, not a Nazi, but number one with number Nazis. Number one with the Nazis in Oregon. Yes. And that should tell you a lot. That should tell you a lot. So this goes past past this, you know. Um, this is just his response to that city council action um, for him to try to, you know, just try to use anti-Semitism. Ridiculous. But let's talk about what why he is, should not be mayor. Let's talk about why he should not be mayor, right? <laughs> and yeah. specifically, I'm sure you heard about that um, the car attack. Want to talk about that? Oh, yeah, we should definitely talk about that. So far-left protesters from, what is the name of some group? Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't a group. It was anarchists. You know? Yeah, some like anarchists, some... Some collection of individuals set fire to Renee's car, and it's also the same collection of individuals who, like, allegedly, or I guess they claim credit for it, so it's not allegedly. There's, like, people who set fire to the, the task site as well, right? Like, mm -hmm. the equipment that's building the new... The new mass The new mass encampment for houseless folks. And, like, I think that it is very, like... And then he went on TV and referred to this as like domestic domestic terrorism, yes, right? Yeah. And it's like, and he released a statement to that end on his own social media. Um, he is using the term domestic terror for um, an incident that was arson um, committed yeah. by you know anarchists who are right. opposed to the building of the encampments, um, as well as let's just say. When I saw, when I woke up and I saw the statement about his car being lit on fire, who fucking cares? <laughs> who cares, Derek? Right. And <laughs> it's like, and it's especially ironic for him to be so wound up about this concept of domestic terrorism when he's used his position as the head of the fire commission to absolutely dismantle and defund Portland street response and has inflicted untold emotional and material damage on houseless folks when you are taking away their like abilities to build shelter when you're taking away their tiny houses like the people have to light fires in their tents in order to stay warm and just like your car got lit on fire people are burning every day because of the choices that you've made and the fact that like what goes around comes around and chickens come home to roost it should not be surprising or nearly that it is it's wild to me that it's that offensive to him that like people would like see him as a problem when he's literally the re he's killing people every day through his negligence like, exactly when he's using his position to order portland street response to stop giving out tents to stop giving out tarps to stop giving out life-saving materials in the winter like you're killing people and the fact that you're, you can't get your, like, panties up in a twist because people are pissed off that you're killing people, man. What's wrong with you? There it is. Yeah. Maybe don't kill people next time, yeah. Renee. Like, that's probably why it happened. Whatever. But um, I think it says something very, very extreme about him, where he is using the term domestic terror. This man wants to be the mayor of Portland. 
As a part of that, the mayor of Portland is re in resp is responsible for the Portland Police Bureau, mm -hmm. which that tells you what he's going to do when he's in office. He's yeah. not just going to continue like just holding up the status quo. He's going to start pushing right wing policies that will go after anarchists and will go after communists yeah. and will go after. Yeah, I mean, it's like after the left. Like he genuinely wants to destroy the left in Portland. Right. Well, and it's like, and it's, we don't even need to say gonna start because when you look at his rhetoric and his choices every single step of the way, he's been one of the people who's been, he was one of the ones who was working to dismantle the changes to the charter and he had to pull that mm -hmm. back. He is somebody who was working to get emergency powers for the mayor put on the ballot and they had to pull that back after public outcry. He is somebody who has been consistently like talking about how the firefighters don't feel safe going to houseless camps because of all of the drugs and violence like there was something he said too about the portland street response you know okay. his, his attempt to dismantle it he tried to use the fire bureau to yeah. be like well these people they don't want to work with um he said that the psr has hired a bunch of police abolitionists because they view portland street response as it is as an alternative to police you know an alternative to violent police showing up and arresting on house folks. So there which are... Is, yeah, which is good. And Portland yeah. Street Response has helped a lot of people. Friend of the pod, Portland Street Response. Friend of the pod. Because like there are studies done to show they have been completely successful in their mission in reducing interactions with police. Yeah, sure, there might be some police abolitionists as part of PSR, but the, 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 the chief of the fire department, the fire bureau, the chief of the firefighters association, that's who it is, he spoke out and said, no, we're not vocally opposed to these but to, to the to PSR. yeah we we actually collectively work in our mission to you know right. meet these common goals we're working together well so yeah. well and it he's shows a liar. You, he's a liar and it shows you that like when it's it's the head of the firefighters union because it's like i don't know if you've ever like actually talked to like if like if you've ever actually talked to the cops who get sent to sweeps for houses folks because like most of they are i have never met a single one who was like this is a good use of, t of my time and homeless people are a real problem every single one of them's like this is dumb and i shouldn't be here catalytic converters are getting stolen every fucking 30 minutes in the city <laughs> i have like real things i could be doing so like it's, it's even a waste the of police know that it would be better for someone else to be dealing with like folks having mental health and addiction troubles on the streets and yeah. So, it is yeah. fun. so point number one, it would not be good to have an active enemy of Portland Street response be mayor. Point number two, it would not be good to have an active enemy of the left who thinks that anybody who's pro-Palestine or doesn't like him is a domestic terrorist. Like when he's the one taking support from Proud Boys, actual fucking domestic terrorists. Yes. But yes. it's... But yeah. it's fucking scary, dude, because I, the part of the reason we're talking about him is it was just in OPV or Willamette Week this morning that he is outraising fucking Carmen and Dingus, even though Dingus had a five month head start on him. He's outraised, out fundraised him fucking two to one. Wow. And his average donors are more like his average donors around $100, which is double what Dingus is getting in average donors. So it really shows you that he's like the candidate of the wealthy. Mm-hmm. He, he the is the Portland Metro Chambers. Yep. Used to be the Portland Business Alliance. Now they changed their the name Metro to be Chamber. all yeah. uh, to try to forget everybody forget what they've done. Yeah, the big donors, um, the big donors to people for Portland, and he is one of the faces of a concentrated attempt to enforce the rule of like local downtown business owners on the whole fucking city through the continued criminalization of homeless folks and the continued dismantling of social services. 
And, and it's not just that. I mean, when you talked about the city charter, for example, it shows he is fundamentally opposed to democracy. Yeah. That, like, just look at that as an example. He's 100% trying to throw a wrench in this whole new city yeah, charter. Yeah. And the city charter is meant to democratize this city. Yeah. No other city operates in the way that we do with such a... We are the last large major metropolitan city still running on a fucking commission system. Yep. And that is why we voted to get rid of it, and he has worked to sabotage all of the most democratic parts of that charter at every fucking step of the way. Yep, and it's because he knows that the power of the Portland Business Association, the Metro Chamber or whatever, as well as the, the interests of tech developers and you know the, the rich people in Old Town, that is... On the ballot, you know, there's yeah. a lot of people that are very excited for this new, um, this new city charter, and we can talk about it in the future. Who we, yeah, who who we, you know, uh, give our blessing to for running for city yeah. council. Um, personally, I like Angelita Maria, but Maria, yeah, yeah. I haven't done enough research yet. We'll do research. And we'll do the <laughs> thing. But yes, this is all. This is the worst iteration of a man to have run for mayor. I mean, he he hates our city. Let's be real. Yeah. He, he does well, not like Portland. Well, he hates all of the things about Portland that make Portland special and unique, and many of the things that run counter to the interests of his fucking donors. Like, he loves the wealthy parts of Portland and the wealthy people in it and the fucking bougie businesses that he and his friends hang out with. He hates the homelessness, the queerness, the art, and, like, the independent spirit that actually makes this place worth living that brought all those fucking clowns in the first place. And that's like the terrifying thing about gentrification is like all of the things that those capitalizing interests like loved about the city, they demolish and gentrify them out. And the only resistance that's going to be possible is from the ground up from groups like this, and part of that is having fucking independent, non-corporate media. So suck on that while I'm a week. Suck on that while I'm a week. <laughs> Which, you know, that is it's something we'll talk about more in depth. This whole gentrification is a direct result of the Tech Association of Oregon. Oh, damn. Okay. Of tech developers, of people that are also pushing a deep tie to Israel. Yeah. So this is why independent media, like Double Jab and Cascadia, Cascadia Current, um, this is what is going to be a counteract counteract to that. A word, the word that I can yep. use, yeah. Count, count countering count. We're going to be countering the the influence of the Willamette Week and rich developers. So, stay tuned for more from Double Jab. This is Miguel and Brian. Thanks for being here, motherfuckers. We're glad to have you. Hell yeah.